Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. One. Welcome back. If it's your first time, or no, if it's your first time, welcome. If it's your repeatedly more than one time, welcome back to another episode of the Have We Made It Yet podcast. And Josh, I'm just going to put it out there just because it is a pretty big deal. It's a landmark deal, actually, for us. This is episode 60. Wow, 60. Six zero. I know. That's that's 60. Yeah, exactly. I am one of your co-hosts. I am the actor portion of this podcast, Lucas Ng, and I'm joined by my co-host. Uh, the comedian portion, Josh Yang. Nice. Yes, he is. And this is, again, the Have We Made It Yet podcast, the show where two creatives and their guests talk about the process of making it. Man, um, I don't know. It feels kind of sentimental. I don't know why for you. Maybe, Maybe it's not, but... I'm going to ask this first off, as is the question, the namesake of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Mr. Josh Yang. Yes. Have you made it yet? Wow, this is coming as a complete surprise. I I, I wasn't ready for this question. Um, I think with some deep self-reflection, I would have to say, no, 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 I haven't. I Damn. haven't made it yet. Okay. And uh, it, it doesn't get easier to say. Actually, you know, it kind of does get easier to say after 60 episodes, but nope, haven't made it yet. Um, and, uh, you know, the summer has been busy with uh, work and, and, and other things. So I haven't been doing that many shows. I have one show that I managed to get on for the end of the end of the month. So nice. I'll be doing that. Um, and then I finally released a couple more episodes of the sleep with Josh podcast. Hell yeah. Uh, so that's finally back after two months, two months off. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to see if we can capitalize on the recent growth, uh, of the podcast. We're now over 10,000 downloads for that one. And uh, now over 200 followers on Spotify. So that's, that's nice. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so continue listening to me uh, read dry things there. But that's pretty much it <laughs> for me. Lucas, more importantly, though, have you made it yet? Man, the one day I can get your low growl is when I know I have made it. Made it. My goodness. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> uh, what? No, I had. you have to clear it. You have to clear the pipe sometimes. Gotcha, gotcha. I thought that was our guest for a second. I was like, I thought he had his mic off. That's crazy. Um, no, I have not made it yet. But uh, recently, within the last episode that we released and recorded, I had another like good lesson in this in this business. Mm. Um, it is a business built on fluidity, and although the word does not come to me right now, it is a business that you have to be so incredibly okay with being. Um, on unstable ground because Mm. things move really quickly things that you can't control and you might just be caught in the crosshair sometimes but it's okay things are always going to be on the move so so if anyone does want a a crash course on on living an unstable life like try this business if, if you want it's it's rewarding but also like it could take you some lows but on to on to more important things just because you know we have to be fluid ourselves, Josh. Right, right. Cool. Okay, so I'm just going to go right into our next guest. Okay. <laughs> Things are okay. I, I'm not, I, I hope it doesn't come off too dire. Things are great. Um, yeah, things are great. <laughs> so they're, they're great. They're just great. Fantastic. Fantastic. So good. Um, Josh, we have a third panel. Mm. I know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so. 
Oh, I'm just going to go off on our intro, okay, of our guest right here. Um, I find it so incredibly fitting that for episode 60, which is a pretty, again, a pretty big milestone for us, I think, I personally get to go back to my old high school roots here. Um, I'm so damn excited that he's on the show as he's such an integral part of my creative pursuits in music as music, again, it was really my first love and my first foray into like performing and everything. So I first met our next guest in high school. Long story short, I've always looked up to him as an incredible drummer and overall musician. I remember him doing a drum off with another drummer at our high school during an assembly, and I was blown away by his ferocity, speed, and viciousness that he laid out on his then Yamaha kit. It was, it was incredible. Fast forward a year later, so that would put me at grade 12, I think, a year later, and so he and his bandmates invited me to audition with them to potentially join their band. I think I passed the audition as we played together for the next year. We toured, played shows, recorded an EP, and and honestly, it was one of the most like impactful and important years of my life in terms of where I really wanted to end up in in this world here. So now, on to our guest currently. He's an all multi-instrumentalist and has played in a variety of bands. And as most, most recently, he formed the Drew McKay Band and has released his debut album, Heaven and Hell, available on all streaming platforms there. He's incredibly talented, and I'm so incredibly happy and lucky to have him on the show. Please welcome Mr. Drew McKay. Hello. Oh, my gosh. I'm Lucas, you're too sweet. Oh, stop it, man. Honestly... Uh, I was laughing just listening to you guys, and then I'm like, okay, hold back the tears. You're you're a thir plus thirty man. You need to not cry the first time you get introduced to the podcast. But I appreciate it. I'm very honored, you guys. I didn't realize this was the 60th episode. Congratulations! Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you. You're brother. welcome. Um, we're just gonna get right into it, Drew. So as we start off with every episode with every guest that we always have on. Mr. Drew McKay, mm. have you made it yet? You know what, guys? I don't think I have, and I'm perfectly okay with that. Nice. I, I think that's, you can get complacent if you feel like you've made it, and I don't mm. ever really want to get complacent. I always want to have that last cookie in the jar to reach for, mm. you know? I, so. I hear you. Um. Although, yeah, you definitely do, do talk about like maybe the complacency feeling that you might get after you have made it. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, though, as a simple follow up there, what would be your it in making it? I've learned now because I've been doing this since high school. Yeah. Um, which, as, as I just said, was a long time ago um, to keep my expectations lower and more mm -hmm. achievable. Like managing expectations was a hard lesson for me to learn. Yeah. So uh, finding little goals that I know that I can achieve, like, okay, I can record an album and put it out and support it by playing live for at least a year until the world explodes. And then, <laughs> um, or like I can, I can start up a YouTube and I can do live streaming with my bandmates because I have the know-how and I, I we have the gear and everything available to us. So it's finding those little goals that make me feel like I am still progressing and achieving things in this wacky career. Absolutely, man. And, and you, you nailed it on that wacky part and also like getting incremental goals instead of like sell out, sell out L MSG because mm -hmm. like that, that's dreaming big, but also it could set you off for a really big disappointment. Is that part of where it comes from? A little bit, yeah. Like I've been blessed enough to have some really great achievements musically yeah. um, with this band and with other bands in the past. But every every new journey has its own milestones, and you can't expect one to equate to the other. Um, you can't play at the big venues with every band, but you can maybe sell out a bar that you really love and have a lot of people there actually support uh -huh. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? And I find like uh, Josh, you can probably attest to this. Um, playing the smaller venues is almost as gratifying as the large ones because you can actually see how people are enjoying it. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think with a smaller venue, especially in comedy, then you have a certain amount of intimacy and like you can play a little bit more back and forth uh, with the crowd. Um, and then you can like kind of build more of a like an environment, a show where everybody feels like they're really involved in the in the comedy that that's happening, like on granted on a lar larger stage, it's like you kind of you're there performing to a larger crowd and like maybe you could do some crowd work in the in the beginning in the front but it's still very obvious that this is a show that everybody's there to kind of just spectate whereas in smaller venues you feel like you can uh you can create more of a of a moment that's kind of shared with everybody in the room um like i don't, I don't know the the feeling of it performing like music on a stage but uh, is that something like similar like at a certain point like the real highs of performing on a stage with music is that you feel like you're in you're in tune with the crowd yeah definitely you can i find you can really generate more of a rapport mm. in those smaller venues and smaller places because you can see the reactions better when there's a group of 100 people instead of a thousand like mm -hmm. and and those larger shows they're absolutely fantastic but you almost feel like you're performing outside of your own body um, right, and you right. don't realize how great it is until afterwards and it's already passed you by you just want to live in that moment while it's happening but it's really hard to do so because mm -hmm. you're like okay don't screw up it's true <laughs> there are uh, too many people watching don't screw up yeah 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 speaking of moments and everything like that um I always do kind of like to delve into the origin story of what we see as Drew McKay right now. Um, I know music has been a big part of your whole life from you know early on high school to probably even elementary school. Do you have a distinct moment that you performed or like played an instrument that really set you to that kind of stream that you are currently in right now? Uh, there's probably a few. Um, so I started playing drums on that little Yamaha kit. Yeah, man. It's funny that you remember that. Um, I've since donated that to my nephews and they're starting to play drums too. So that's really cool to see. Uh, yeah, my, my grandmother, uh, surprised me with that drum kit when I was 11, just about to turn 12. Um, I had already kind of sat down behind drums before at a friend's house or my mom who works at a church, uh, she would be on the music teams there and I would just come some nights when she can get a babysitter and they found out that I could keep a beat so I think that was the, the initial seed that uh, was planted in their heads it took a year or two before they were like okay let's let the kid play mm -hmm. um, because before that I, I was sure that I was going to be an NBA basketball player I don't know <laughs> oh, that's right I had right. a very like solidified idea of what I was going to do for the rest of my life as soon as I got that drum set so I'd say that's probably the biggest and most important playing with you and the boys in high school. That was also a dream because I don't think, and maybe you can either confirm or deny this. Um, but as far as a first band goes, it shouldn't have been that easy or that, that like fun. Like there yeah, should have yeah. been more, maybe fun's not the right word, but there, we should have struggled more, but we, we, I always enjoyed it. Um, so it, yeah, I guess, yeah, band in high school. And then once I left college, that was a big one because I was like, okay, I know that college, specifically the one I went to, is not for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of just wasting my time doing this when I know I can go and travel and play music for people. Mm -hmm. Once I made that choice, um, it was kind of, head on from there nice nice um yeah i guess just just to follow up with that like after you had set your mind mentally towards that craft of like making music and performing in front of people um how how do you think your parents first took it when you've told them that you were planning on doing that path i gotta give my parents credit i they have always supported me musically like nice. whether helping with the first drum kid or like they would come to a couple shows, mostly uh -huh. like the more jazz band, school band kind of, kind of shows. They didn't go to a lot of the rock shows, right, which is right. fine because it. I felt a little nervous having them there. <laughs> um, uh, 
so they've been to a couple shows in my life. They've been to the really big ones, which is important. Nice. Um, but they were pretty supportive. They kind of knew I went to college for their sake oh. at first. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I think they knew. Once they listen to this, they might might be like, "What? <laughs> yeah. Excuse me." But they knew how passionate I was and like how focused I was and. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we we practiced at their house half of the time anyways. Um, so they were very, very supportive, as was my grandmother, who yeah. um, used to be a touring musician. So, like, it's kind of in my blood to do it. Mm-hmm. And I, there must have been a certain point where my parents were just like, he's, his, he's very much his Nana. So... Because we were very sim- we were very similar, and um, yeah, I, they've they've always been supportive. Um, I've not never heard anything but just be safe out there kind of rhetoric mm-hmm. from them as far mm-hmm. as that goes. Um, wow. So. How how was it like uh, when when you guys were in in that high school band and you were starting to tour? Like how how was how was the family's reaction to to that being able to do that? Oh, Drew, you can go first because I got some shit that I just remembered. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. My, my parents weren't too bad about it because for a lot of it, we did have not a chaperone, but like um, we had our youth pastor at the time who would always yeah. who would come with us. Um, and I, there may have been a couple that we just like went to the island or something on our own. <laughs> yeah, so, we went to Port Hardy together with like... Yeah. Um, yeah, like like Heidi and and I forgot his name, but uh, Tim. Tim, Tim, yeah, Tim. Um, so I just remembered like we we originally did have a have a tour bus. We actually had a tour van. The manatee. The manatee. Yeah, Drew named it the manatee, and uh, <laughs> I just remember when I told my dad, I was like, "Hey, we're going to Port Hardy to tour for some shows." He's like, "Well, who's driving?" I was like, "Well, the manatee." Well. people will take us there (laughs) but then i remember grant our guitarist said like there's some alignment issues on on the tires and then i told my dad that and he like got so worried so quickly and everything and it it it, like put a lot of pressure on me to like not get into an accident that whole trip but um but i mean we all survived and we all all had a great time probably some hearing loss but screw it right it was some of the best years see i kept my mouth shut like about any any issues with the van? They're like, how how you getting there? It's like, oh, we got a van. Is it is it in good condition? It's like, it's got plush seats. What else do you want? <laughs> it did. Yeah, yeah. I for for this for this episode, I really want to like pull up some pictures. So I want to try to find a picture oh, of, of the oh, manager no. that we had. Oh my god. Um. Okay. Yeah. I I definitely want to talk about like the the current rendition of your music. Yeah. Of your music right now and everything. So uh, again, I know from high school, you were in multiple bands and everything like that. And you always had that passion within you. How, how did it come about to form a band underneath your own namesake and like getting like Pat, Sean, Randall and Daryl all involved? How was that process of uh, assembling the Avengers? Yeah, well, the I can't take credit for assembling those guys. That'd be my producer and one of my best friends, Dave. Um, he a new Randall personally, so that wasn't easy. And I also did. I had done some um, like theory lessons, I guess, with them is what you could call it. But nice. Um, the other guys, Sean Vero was one of my favorite guitar players ever from mm-hmm. Widemouth Mason, because um, I I had a very deep love for blues and funk music. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of a lesser known band to people outside of Canada but to me I think it may not have been I think it was with Grant that I went and saw them at Guilford Mall but um, I was just like whoa these guys are way better than the music they play on the radio so Mm -hmm. that was kind of in the back of my head as like a wish list thing like oh man it'd be great to have have uh, Sean on like just one of my songs one day Mm -hmm. and uh, Dave had worked with them previously just some like demo work yeah. so he's like well let's ask and it was as simple as that and he's like yeah let's, I'll, I'll be happy to do it mm-hmm. so like the first day working with him i was just like hi how are you um, <laughs> can i get you anything um but by the by the end of it like he, we had warmed up to each other and he was very very nice and, and uh it taught me a lot for sure 
and yeah. put gave me a lot of a uh, uh, big boost in self esteem as far as like my own playing because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he just was always encouraging me to do more, do whatever you can. Like, yeah, why Dude, not go I, for it? Yeah, I, I definitely did want to say like those licks that he have on heaven and hell. Mm. God damn, man, they are vicious, bro. Like, I appreciate I, it. Yeah, like I hear lights up and hear black keys. I hear the doors in it and everything like that. What what really attracted you to the current sound that we're hearing, which is a lot of blues, man, blues mm. and like a hard rock that we hear. Um, I think it was it was so many years of because I had done been in bands for since high school. Mm-hmm. I'd started the one that we were in with Neil. I started another one with my other best friend Dan. And in college, we started yet another two together. And then none of them really working out or going past a certain point. And then I started being like, okay, I'm just basically going to sell myself to the nearest band and because I need to be on the road. So I started being a a gun for hire, as they say. Mm -hmm. Um, Played with a bunch of groups. Got to see a lot of Canada and the States, actually. um yeah so but the problem was all of those bands would fall apart because like one member left or infighting or i can't stand the lead singer whatever the case may be just crumbling um so as i was in another band that was very much like a fraternity but Mm. they started having kids and and get married and everything which is totally fine and great uh i wasn't there yet i still am not there yet so i was like okay well i gotta do something because you both can probably attest it's not that you can stop once you start like there's a pull inside that like you have to get this energy out of you Mm -hmm. otherwise you're just gonna basically be depressed yeah yeah there's enough out there to depress you anyways. So mm-hmm. uh, I had all these songs that I would write either for whatever band I was in at the time, or just to get them out of my system so I can mm-hmm. make room for new stuff Yeah, and um, exercise all this music, I guess. Yeah. So I had all these songs and I'd worked with Dave a lot in the past. Uh, mm-hmm. with and Dave bands. is your producer, right? Yeah. Dave, Dave Slope, yeah. my producer. Um, mm-hmm we worked together so much before I was like, what am I going to do with all this music? This band's not going to stay together. Mm. He's like, let's do an album. And I was like, okay. So it was kind of just like, at first a bit of a, a project, like see if we can do it. And then yeah. the dominoes started tumbling and it became more serious. It was like, let's talk to Sean, see if he'll want to play on a song or two. He ended yeah, up yeah. wanting to play on almost all of them. And then we actually had an, another drummer lined up initially. Oh. But the window for recording with the other two guys, because we did most of it live off the floor, mm-hmm. uh, he couldn't make it for those sessions. So mm-hmm. Sean was like, well, I, I'm sure my friend Pat Stewart could come out and play um, Of the Odds and Brian Adams' fame. Yeah. Wow. Um, and honestly, like it was the best thing that could have happened to that Mm -hmm. specific project because a he's a gentleman and uh, just an amazing person to be around his energy is so great yeah um and like we still chat to this day and we'll check up on each other hey man what are you doing with your music and everything yeah 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 um but also like just that driving force as the bedrock to this rock and blues album Mm mm-hmm it was it was everything I didn't know I needed for it, yeah. mm-hmm. and just lifted everything I was doing to another level. As far as like the blues and rock influence, it's just me. What I wanted to do, yeah. Like I don't like being pinned down to a certain genre. I mm-hmm. don't like being forced to. Okay, we're a hard rock band only. I'm like, well, no. I I kind of like some pop music. I yeah. like jazz i like funk i like uh-huh. and that's a part of my personality so trying to be as true to myself and to music in general like yeah that's just kind of what comes out and 
it's why stop true. it? Mm-hmm. It, it? It's true. Just because like, this isn't just an EP, a four track EP. This is a 12 track mm-hmm. from start to finish, like an hour long length full album that you've put out for your first release. And yeah. like tracks, like, don't you dare to hear me out. You can definitely see range within those tracks there and everything. Yeah. Um, do, do you feel an added pressure that the band is literally named after you as like, like, you know, if it's a, if it didn't have like that uh, name, do, do, you, do you find like you can be more experimental or do you feel more actually liberated that the name is you? As far as the music goes, I don't feel handicapped by it at all. Like it's, it's a bit of a double-edged sword, um, but it's on purpose. Like the reason I went with naming it after myself, even just the, the albums, like I can't quit myself. So we are. Yeah. Like other bands can fall apart because a member goes or not. But if I'm naming this music after myself, yeah, like I either stick with it or I stop doing music. Right, right. It doesn't necessarily have to be the two year cycle that most artists are on. Yeah. But it's going to be mine and I'm going to stick with it. So yeah. in that sense, like that's the positive side of it. But mm-hmm. um, and as far as like, because the band is different, different musicians completely than what was recorded other than myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of gives the songs a new spin. And in that way, like we're kind of still developing our own personal sound and it's it. ever shifting. And yeah, we have the benefit because of that. I don't, not versatile, but the kind of, genre bending thing that i was trying to do not yeah, on purpose yeah. but like, like just the, the vastness of influence that i personally have when i was writing that album right right we're not really afraid to go anywhere with our music it's like whatever mood we're in nice did so, any did any of the uh recent two years of of covid global blues essentially mm. that seems to just be in in, in the world culture at this point but like how much would you say any of that has influenced like recent uh, music writing and producing and, and developing like those type of experiences and emotions into, into some new, new blues? Yeah. So the new stuff that I'm writing, I don't even know if it's could be quantified as blues anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like a couple songs will still come out that way, but we'll see. Cause I'm, I'm a, different human than I was three or four years ago when I recorded the last one Mm -hmm. and I think that's a liberty that musicians should be allowed to take Mm -hmm. like you see Radiohead they're always doing something different with their music and like I know (laughs) I know how much you love Radiohead that's why Um, but I, I feel like everyone should be able to do what they want with their art form um because it's at the end of the day, it is theirs. You have to please yourself first with what you're making. Yeah. Mm. Um, and people who like it will find it. Um, so, yeah, I don't really. I think I forgot the original question. Oh, it is like, you know, during the, the period of time during COVID right. and the pandemic, it's like not only, especially for artists, I imagine, especially for touring musicians, like, everything mm-hmm. getting shut down suddenly like now you got to re kind of evaluate what the the new world even means for the foreseeable future and then like i don't doubt there's there's plenty of like new experiences for for artists during this period of time that either motivated them to to create new new uh, art or either just like really beat them down it, it was a tough time i'm wondering like how much then during that experience has influenced you know your artistic creative um works right now yeah i I'm, i have the benefit of um kind of like a little home demo studio here that i'm nice. sitting in mm. front of um mm-hmm. i don't have drums which is the one thing oh. that yeah because well, i live living in, in a basement suite it's really yeah. hard but i so sorry to, i do i do see that you did have e-drums right or you still do for a while, I was borrowing those because I work for a music store. Ah, yes. um, so I, there's some perks to that. 
Nice. Um, but I also like because I played drums for so long, I know how to write out drum music. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, making a drum bed track is kind of easy to do for me digitally. Yeah. Uh, as long as I'm not being OCD, which unfortunately <laughs> happens a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had the benefit of this this little home demo studio. So I kind of the tap never got turned off. Mm. Um, it went in various directions for sure. And there, I'm not afraid to express what how frustrated I am at time yeah. now. I mm-hmm. think on the the Heaven and Hell album, I was holding back a little bit and just being um kind of trying to it was kind of like an identity crisis album trying to figure out who i was at that moment now i kind of know a little bit more so it's like i'm pissed off right now or i'm sad right now and i'm gonna tell you about it nice um there's i i would say there's a bit of freedom that has come with being stuck at home and Mm -hmm. hey maybe no one will hear this maybe they will nice i don't care (laughs) yeah (laughs) Awesome. I, I do constantly, whenever I can, go on your Facebook lives and everything like that. Mm. And just hear those tracks live and they sound incredible. And I can't wait one day to hear you in concert live, man, because you guys sound primo. It, it'll be a really great day when mm-hmm. we get to come out to Toronto and play for you. Oh, man, can't wait. Cross Canada trips, man. We got to do it again. I love it. I absolutely adore Toronto. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I actually noticed the Blue Jays pennant in the back of Josh's oh. and I was trying not to fanboy because born and raised a Jays fan. Nice, nice. Yeah, how do you how do you like uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and the Bo Bichette in the lineup right now? They a bunch of young beasts. That's yeah. what they are. I I really like that lineup. Mm-hmm. I was always a big Kevin Pillar fan just because I, I mm. love his insane defense. But yeah, the way those young kids are carrying a team in the toughest division in the major leagues is yeah it's crazy right now they're like fourth place 60 wins uh but they're fourth all the other teams are also more than 60 wins as well it's the toughest I know, division right? in baseball yeah i could literally talk about this for 20 hours right now but <laughs> I'll, I'll pull back a bit i love yeah. it yeah that's awesome um just almost to wrap it up there and everything like that i just want to know what are some musical guilty pleasures you have? Musical guilty pleasures? Yeah. Oh, that's tough. I don't really believe in guilty pleasures. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. But Just... um, things that people would assume were guilty pleasures? Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have a real soft spot for One Direction. Love that band. Yeah? Goddamn. Okay. I'm like, yeah, they're great singers. The songs rock. Um. <laughs> Late 90s, early 2000s pop, Britney Spears, Christina. Uh-huh. Um, what else? There's a, there's a lot that people might not expect. I try to try to listen to as much music as I can. But for, mm-hmm. I, have, I have this weird thing. Like, I'll either really like something or I won't. Mm-hmm. And there's no rhyme or reason to like you can have two bands that sound almost identical and I will love one and hate the other. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of a coin flip for me. Sometimes I get in that area where I'm like, I either really like this or I really hate it. And it yeah. takes me like a week to decide. And I'm like, I love it. No what, doubt. What what uh style of music would you say? I'm I almost like can guess maybe rock, but like what what style of music would you say is uh is your favorite to to witness live like a live show is in this genre or like this style is your favorite oh gosh rock's really good um they can get depending on the band repetitive Mm -hmm. if i've seen a few in a row um i saw tom petty live right before he passed away and that was probably one of the best concerts i've ever seen um so it's really hard for me to see a rock show now and be like that's just as good <laughs> when, when really it's like is it though um i it, i'm more based it off of what the crowd interaction is like mm. these days like 
when it becomes an experience, um, everyone in the crowd singing along. I went with my brother a few years ago to see a band called Elbow, and they are they're like an experimental British band in the vein of Radiohead meets early Copeland or Coldplay. Um, Copeland's good too. Um, and just everyone in the crowd was singing in harmony, no less, the last wow. like chorus of this major uplifting song. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. Wow. And being there with my brother was also really great. But uh, yeah, I, I'd say whichever concert the crowd is most into, hmm. like there's something about that that you can't really deny. Like, right. They can, even if they're like making mistakes and the music's not exactly tight, but if everyone's into it, I'm into it. Nice. Wow. Did, did you, in your, in your experiences on the road, like through Canada and in the U S uh, traveling with different bands, like, do you have a favorite moment where, when you were performing that like you, you always remember and think back to? I, yeah, there, there's a good handful. Yeah. Um, not many from the States because that was a rough trip. Oh. But, like, our tour kind of got half canceled oh, in the no. middle. So we were stuck in the Midwest and had to, like, that middle stretch of our tour got canceled. So we had to just beeline it to Arizona. Wow. Um, but the fact that I was in the States was really nice and Mm -hmm. something you don't get to do often as a canadian musician Mm -hmm. um i i mean there's a there's a venue out here that was a bucket list venue all my life growing up that i got to play a few years ago called commodore ballroom just in vancouver nice yeah Um, yeah the first time it was for this like radio contest and they the first time we played they were announcing the winner so i didn't wasn't able to enjoy it as much then because uh, the nerves of like are we gonna win are we gonna be not in the top three or whatever the case was mm-hmm. and it went by so fast that you just i i wish i could have been in the moment a little more for that but they invited us back a few months later um and i made a very conscious choice to like enjoy this you don't get mm. to do this often mm-hmm. um so that's that's a big one and a couple venues in toronto that i've played i don't remember where they are or what band it was even i just kind of remember like the the crowd reaction yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like okay we're playing well and they're digging it you know what i mean <laughs> that's sick man you have so many yeah. shows already that you're just like i don't know i remember the venue but i remember the feeling more than the venue itself yeah because some of it blurs together after a while if you're mm. stuck in a van for months at a time you're like where am i what am i <laughs> who am i dude there's just been i just remember times of like using mcdonald's bathrooms with you guys mm-hmm. and just going on the ferry and oh i was so we, we were like 17 18 years old 19 i don't think 19 but 17 18 but like primo moments that if i were to, if that was my last time ever doing that i'm so blessed i got to do it with you guys man i i feel the same way like that if if god forbid we all had like driven off a bridge or something <laughs> <laughs> like at least it was a great group of guys we all loved each other and yeah. we were having a freaking blast uh-huh. so Man, wait, was this during like summer or was it during like the school year? <laughs> it was during the school year. Yeah. Wow. So I don't know like, how we pulled that off. Same here. Long weekends, I guess. Yeah. Or like we would leave school early on a Friday and be like, we might make it back on Monday. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, uh, Josh, did you, man. Did you guys just, did you guys just like, you came back from a, from a show just with your friends at high school or you're just like, oh yeah, you just, I was just doing the show over the weekend in uh, Victoria, you know, oh, it was, it was just so much work and now uh, the van broke down and it's like, oh no, do you, you talk, talk that up a bit with your, with the friends and stuff? 
I honestly don't remember. Probably I was a bit of a wiener in high school. Um, <laughs> I don't feel like we did that much. I don't like, think so too. We would yeah. talk about it with each other. Like that was um, so awesome. But uh-huh. it's hard to relate to something like that as a teenager if you don't go through it. So right, right. It, I yeah. feel like we had the presence of mind to just kind of keep our mouth shut other than, yeah, we went to the island this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess we weren't too like, too too bravado about it or anything like that mm. so no we we were we were pretty humble josh i honestly think so wow well, well i mean like i thought it would have been it would have been it's definitely a cool experience to say you you can you can be able to do and and say you were you were doing it so like definitely i wouldn't hold it against you if uh if you're like hey guys i did something cool over the weekend mm-hmm. yeah if you ask our high school friends they'll probably be like no oh, you guys were dicks yeah <laughs> Just watch that happen. <laughs> I know, I know. I'll ask Justin DeVries that. There you go. Oh my god. Um, just uh, almost the second last question. I I just I just had this one set up for you too. Uh, Josh briefly alluded to it, but I, I just wondered for especially musicians, uh, what has COVID taught you about yourself? Um, the I need to do this <laughs> like. If anything, I could have just shut down and been like, well, I'm on a break. But I think I would have had a physical reaction to not playing. Mm. Granted, I do work at a music store, so I'm always surrounded by it. But I think it just really taught me perseverance and find a way to make and do what you love. Mm. Um, Because... I never for one minute thought that it was going to be a super long-term thing. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yes, things have changed, but I'm like, we will come out of this and concerts will happen. So be ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. So it and, just really, re- yeah. And just find new ways to create and put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, and since this is like, it's been, I don't know, maybe like close to 10 years plus since we last talked to each other, Drew. Yeah. And we might have to cut this out, but this question is purely just for me, okay? <laughs> just just entertain me. We might have to cut this out. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how, how it might come off. But why, why do you think Proximity 7 didn't make it big? <laughs> That's a deep question to my soul i know i go to sleep some nights just wondering that you know what i think it was we were very much how do i phrase this we had a very unique that we could play to like there were five guys in the band we all agreed on maybe like 10 different groups that we all really loved Mm -hmm. and kind of our sound was very much in one corner i think if we had broadened our horizons and been okay because we were young teenagers right Mm -hmm. we're like no if we're gonna make music we're gonna make it this way and if we had just been like we can make a really great song that gets on the radio and it's not selling out like that was the thing I think for us is like we can't sell out and do this style yeah. or anything like that. Um, and then you know, life life just is different for different people. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a very vivid memory. If we're going to bring it all the way back to Proximity Seven, What's... of reading a letter that Lucas wrote to the band oh, yeah. when he was like going to pursue school mm-hmm. and. I was I was not angry at you at all. I don't know if I've ever told you that. I feel like I have, but mm-hmm. I was disappointed because I loved being in the band with you mm-hmm. and all the other guys. I felt like we were a great unit. And yeah, I was just really yeah. sad because I'm like, oh, this is... It was like realizing it was the end of an era. Totally. It, it never really... As great a, a time we had after that with all the other guys, it never mm-hmm. really got fixed after that not fixed Mm. that's the wrong word but like Mm. we kind of 
hit a plateau after that. And then once one person leaves, another yeah. person leaves, and then I didn't want to do it without the like initial guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was some some angst about that. Right. You know, we're just being pulled in different directions and that's fine. That's a part of life. Yeah. Dude, wow. thanks thanks for going into I, I know it might not be easy at times, but <laughs> I, I legit have that question in my head playing like what you said, close to some nights. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I need to talk to Drew about that just because I, I totally echo what 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 you're saying right now and, and thanks for articulating and vocalizing it. Yeah. Yeah, of course, man. I'm always down to like go back into that because the benefit of time is perspective. Yeah. So, like mm-hmm. we're all much wiser now, older, mm-hmm. fatter, hairier. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> um, Dude. Mm-hmm. But we all love each other still. And like, yeah. It's, whenever I get a chance to talk to any of you guys, it's an absolute joy. Mm-hmm. So, Dude, next time in Vancouver, we have to meet up. Okay, absolutely, yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. you gotta, you gotta get the band back together. Oh, the- <laughs> hard. Some wait, wait. of us are on different continents. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Grant is in Australia. Neil is in Saskatchewan or Alberta. Uh, I think it's the border of Alberta and Saskatchewan. I don't know which side. <laughs> Oh, and also Josh is also in Australia also too. And and I guess Drew and I are, I'm in Toronto, but he, he's in Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. We'll wow. have to do it like digitally. We yeah, can, I know. This is the age to do it. It's true. It's true. I've I had that, I've fought that temptation to just like start uh, like a demo session for one of our old songs to the best of my memory. Yeah, and yeah. Send it to you guys and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like we've talked about this as a group on Facebook a couple times too. <laughs> Imagine fiction versus fantasy on on oh, Zoom God. or something. God Almighty, God Almighty, Drew. I just say what a terrible name for a song. It does not make sense at all. Like that was we picked that name in eighth grade and just like put new lyrics to it every couple of years. Yeah, it was uh also like majestic was on there too and intro oh, and had outro, which is self-explanatory. Oh my Wait, god. Wait, there was a song called Intro and Outro. Yeah, we thought we were clever. Yeah, yeah. Intro, of course, led you into the EP, outro got you out. Oh, explanatory, self-explanatory. Oh, so the first song was intro, the last song was outro. Yeah. Oh, I see, I see. Mm-hmm. Try um, very meta. My Extremely. my brother-in-law was watching one of our live streams recently. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I can't really see the text when like people are in the chat talking while I'm playing, <laughs> but as I stopped, I flashed just one little title and had a hard time keeping it together because he posted backpack turtle i'm like oh god <laughs> Just... i think that was me <laughs> was it you i think so okay yeah i was oh no one but me is gonna know what that is so i can't even broach the subject oh backpack turtle i'm made sorry. by this guy i'm sorry Title. we need we need some more details on that you backpack need context tur- yeah come on don't remember um we were bad at a writing lyrics and then naming songs so we either recycled either of those two things um and our lead singer had written something for like an english 12 class like a poem or something and we were working on this music and he just started singing those this poetry um over top but it didn't have a name so like at the time there was a pink turtle on my bass drum and there was a backpack sitting beside it. So he's like, backpack turtle. That's literally the story. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Don't hate on it, Josh. Don't hate on it, man. It hey, was... hey, hey, the more uh, esoteric the references, the better. Because that's because those are like real, real, like small moments that like so few people know that like literally, you know, it's it's almost like like a precious, <laughs> you know, type of treasure or like experience because it's like really if it's something you can share with somebody else that literally nobody else in the world fully understands because it was just Mm -hmm. a little thing that would have been you know 
passed over if you didn't pay attention to it. It's like, yeah, I love those. I love those. I feel like I shattered the glass on that and I should have been like more mysterious about it. And <laughs> maybe made something up. Yeah. It's like you guys just found a turtle in your backpack and you just it, you had no idea how it got there. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we were traveling one day and uh, yeah. we had to stop in the middle of the road because there was this tortoise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason, he was wearing a knapsack. Whoa, and yeah. We were on mushrooms, so we started writing down everything we saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Ayahuasca, man. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think mm. so, too. Mm. <laughs> um, the fun does not stop, does not end here, but I do want to go to our word association, but Drew, this is fucking mind-blowing for me, and, and thank you so much for coming on. It's been long overdue, so... Thank you. Honestly, it's my pleasure. And I am truly honored to be on the 60th for you guys. Oh. And, and seriously, congratulations. I've oh, been awesome. uh, listening along here and there. And I put oh, down thank you. Stuff. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. Um, yeah. Uh, let's go into word association from here. And for if this is your first time listening, Josh and I, we have our list of 10 words. And it is up to our guest over here, in this case, Mr. Drew McKay, to say whatever first word, picture, or like short sentence that he has that relates to that word that brings up for him there first. Um, Josh, would you want to do your list first? Yes, I will start off. So Drew, clear mm-hmm. your mind of, of all of the world's problems and, and troubles and get ready to just answer it as it comes. So your first word, Drew, mm-hmm. is childhood. Fun. Hmm. Second word. Banana. Hammock. Your next word. Sun. Burn. (laughs) Solitude. Enjoyable. Hmm. Goal. Oriented. River. Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Like that one? Yeah. That was very good. Next word. Circle. <laughs> <laughs> I why do I feel like I know the word that popped into your mind? Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh uh clear my mind i'm just gonna say jerk yep it was i knew it (laughs) the second you started laughing like that i'm pretty sure all guys like in their mind was like what's the first word that would elicit that reaction it's like circles sorry mom (laughs) oh this next word is not gonna help uh kumquat fruit hey next word Winning. Team. Hmm. And finally, finished. Never. Nice, nice. And those are Josh's 10 words. Lucas, Thank take you, us sir. home. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> All right. First word of 10. I'm not going to have a drink right now because it's. <clears throat> oh, okay. Well, I hope this isn't soft use, but by all means. All right. First word of 10. Brother. Hood. Happiness. Um, joy. Heaven. Can I say and hell? There we are. Yeah. Plug. Chimera. Tim. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, man. Wingspan. Greatest song ever. (laughs) Uh, Grassy Knoll. Studio. Nice. He Speaks Red. Dope. Yeah. Wayne. (laughs) Douglas College. Yeah. Did you say Douglas? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Sorry, just just for our listeners there, Wayne was a track that 
that Drew and I recorded along with our band and everything. And it was, uh, we recorded it at Douglas College's professional recording studio. Um, oh. Because one of the people that was taking that program uh, knew of our band and they all invited us in, right? Drew, is that? Yeah, yeah that's, that's the long and short of it, as far as I remember. I mm-hmm. really only remember that song for recording it there. Yeah. So. You don't have an MV3 of it, do you? No, I'm sure like one of the other guys does. We'll have to okay. start another email thread. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, number nine. Proc 7. Start. And your last word, Drew McKay. Dork. <laughs> <laughs> Give it up oh, for man. Drew McKay. Uh-huh. Thank you for Thank coming you guys on. so much. Uh, you know, you know what? Since I do have both of you here, I do want I do want to hear what was the the story behind coming up with the name Proximity Seven. Oh, well, that's that's more for Drew. I honestly don't remember. Uh, I think we went through a couple of different um, band names uh, at the beginning because we started when we were in eighth grade myself and the singer mm-hmm. um and then our bass player josh joined quickly thereafter and i don't remember why we chose that name i think it was between neil and josh that that was made and maybe grant actually because mm. that's when the name really changed but i'm i had just the foggiest memory of that it was in that age where like numbers were in band names though. Oh, some forty one and blank one eighty two. Oh wow! It, it, I guess it'll just be there in the in the artistic lore that is. Yeah, I uh, gave up too much on backpack turtle. I can't give you all, everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the mythos. The mythos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sign up for the Patreon to really find out how yeah. Seven came about. <laughs> Yeah, Get seven back together on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, Drew, how can people find you? What, what are your handles? Yeah, so I am on Instagram at official Drew McKay, I believe. Yeah. Um, on Facebook.com at Drew McKay Music or Facebook.com slash Drew McKay Music. Mm-hmm. Home of Drew McKay Music on YouTube. We're doing live streams all the time. So that's generally the place to stay up to date with us mm-hmm. um i'm not really on twitter so uh i think that those are kind of the main three and my website is really hard to spell out so just just search up drew mckay on google and generally it's the first website nice but yeah uh we'll have all the links down below for this video for where you can find drew but everyone when he follow him so he can find out when his uh, next youtube lives are because they are fucking incredible so the musicianship on all of them two thumbs up man two thumbs yeah. up and and the and the album like you can you can probably find uh oh yeah yeah right yeah please uh check us out we're on spotify and apple music all the all the main streaming hubs mm-hmm. uh just search drew mckay heaven and hell um amazon music there might be a couple places you can actually physically download the album. That helps us out the most. So okay. if you're nice, you're a fan of the arts, please lend a hand because we really don't make much money. <laughs> here, here. That, that, yeah. that's, that's why we're all constantly making it because we, we don't make much. You, you got to keep making it. So yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, that's where great. people find you, Josh? Uh, across all social media at Josh Yang Comedy. And of course, you know, you can listen to my Sleep with Josh podcast right now across you know, all podcast platforms. Uh, if you're interested in hearing me read really dry, boring things uh, like laws and the dictionary, <laughs> I've got a podcast for you. So uh, that's the Sleep with Josh podcast. And uh, Lucas, hey, where can people find you? Everyone can find me across social media at Lucas John Ng. Again, that last name is just two letters. Letter N for Nancy, G for golf there. And if you like what you see and hear, you can find us on YouTube if you want the video stuff, but also on Spotify too, or any places where you listen to your podcast. Um, Yeah, give it up for Drew McKay one more time. This is amazing. Thank you so much. 
Awesome. You guys uh, are the sweetest. We'll see you all in two weeks, right, Josh? Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. All right. Peace out. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 